Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I am joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you? Well, um, the Falcons are officially eliminated from making the playoffs. So, oh, it's official. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it was official when we like week five, but it's official, official now. Like they have. You know, there's no shot for them to make the playoffs. Like, they're eliminated. So, I mean, that's always fun. And now all the hope is gone, so we can kind of not, <laughs> not even pretend there's a chance anymore because it's over. Yes, it is 100% over, and I guess there is some comfort in that. And of course, we are here to talk about the Falcons' loss today uh, in the, uh, was this, week 13, week 14, 14 of the NFL yeah. season? 14, um, they did lose on the road to the Chargers, who many people have called the Falcons of the AFC West, and they lost in the only fashion that would make sense when you pit the Falcons against another Falcons team. They last lost in the last second, twenty to seventeen. Um, I think what's notable about this game, if you guys want to know the the overall story, this one is the firing up of the, all the Matt Ryan talk because he had arguably one of his worst games of the season. Um, and it's funny because uh, Evan, as you and I were saying, talking before the podcast, in, in a year where fans have universally agreed Dirk Cutter is a major, major issue, needs to be gone. He has a problem with this offense. Um, in a game where Matt Ryan was missing Julio Jones and two of his starting offensive linemen, um, he still takes the blame and people use this as proof that Matt Ryan is done. They need to move on. Um, and to be clear, I do think the two interceptions at the end of the game were absolutely on Matt Ryan. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So you could definitely make a very strong case that this game is on his shoulders. Um, but it has already fired up the talk because if there's one thing you and I have learned about Falcons fans, there is like no middle ground. There's no simply <laughs> saying that Matt Ryan had a bad game and that be it. It, it has to turn into – Matt Ryan had a bad game because he has sucked. He's always sucked. He was terrible from 2008 until now. All you guys are stupid for everything. He was a good quarterback. Uh, like that's the response we tend to get. And that that's what I, you know, I personally can't handle it. My blood pressure can't handle those types of conversations anymore. Uh, so what's your take on the game? What's your main takeaway from this in, insane loss that we saw? Well, uh, you know, I, I, it was the turnovers. I think when when you look out like a week from now and you look back at this game, it's those turnovers, especially there towards the end. It seemed like both teams wanted to lose 
Um, seeing that Ridley, you know, when, when Julio isn't able to play, Ridley does step up as a number one receiver, I think. Um, there was that point where he was grabbing at his ankle, which has been an issue with him uh, throughout, you know, the last, I don't know, six or seven games. And he's played through it, and he came back out, you know, um, had a touchdown today. Like, that, those are kind of my main takeaways. Uh, seeing A.J. Terrell, who's really came into his own. Um, but overall, the play calling on offense is terrible. There's, like, no run game at all. Um, and I think that doesn't help a quarterback who who then is forced to throw the ball. Um, seems like Ryan's thrown the ball over 30 times a game which, you know, it, it gets a little crazy. He gets up there, like, towards the 40s and stuff, and that's rarely a recipe for success. Um, his pass rating today was 57.3. Just, it, it's, a, it's a tough loss. Um, if you're one of those people who's more focused on the draft and stuff like that, um, you're going to be okay with this kind of result. But at the same time, you know, being a fan, you don't ever want to see your team just lose, um, even though in the large scheme of things, it's going to be best for the team to get a top pick. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's just it, it was a tough it was a tough one, especially there at the end. Yeah, and I think uh, I saw many people refer to this as the Spider-Man meme game. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, the two Spider-Man pointing at one another. Uh, this was very much that game. It, it the, the Chargers amazingly found a way to not score at the end of the first half, which felt very Falcons-y. Um, and of course, the Falcons would squander uh, the opportunity at the end of the game to ultimately lose it to the Chargers. So it was quite apropos. Um, that said, a couple other things happened on Sunday. The Eagles beat the Saints uh, with Jalen Hurt starting at quarterback. Um, so LOL, New Orleans. Uh, congratulations on that. Uh, and I just want to point out that Russell Gage is a better deep ball passer than Taysom Hill, uh, and we all know that's true. So, Evan, let's talk about the injury situation uh, mm-hmm. coming in. We know that Julio was out, James Carpenter starting left guard was out, and Ricardo Allen starting free safety was out. So why don't you give us mm-hmm. the rundown on who was inactive for this game for both teams? Yeah, so Jones still dealing with that hamstring injury um, was inactive. Quadri Allison, Ricardo Allen obviously has the concussion. That's kind of one of the injuries that you have no idea how it's going to turn out um, or how many games he's going to miss. So hopefully he's back sooner and later. Um, but we wish him the best because concussions are scary. Um, Caleb McGarry has a personal matter. That's all the information we had. He was inactive. Magono stepped in for him at right tackle. Um James Carpenter, also still dealing with that grunt injury, was inactive. Charles Harris, I assume, was a healthy scratch because I didn't see him on the injury report. And DeAndre uh, Sinai, you know, <laughs> he's just always inactive. Um, <laughs> on the Chargers side of things, Easton Stick was out, Joe Reed, Joshua Kelly, Troy Main Pope, Denzel Perryman, and Tyree St. Louis. Or Louis. Yeah. St. St. Louis, St. Louis, ah, either way. Um, yeah. They, they definitely came into this game a little bit healthier uh, than the definitely. Falcons did, that's for sure. Um, as far as injuries that happened during this game, Marlon Davidson went out with a knee injury in the first half. He did not return. He ended up being ruled out. Uh, we know that he struggled with uh, the knee issues uh, during camp. Um, and uh, obviously, he is, for the rookie, this has been just a, a terrible season 
you know, he struggled with the knee, went on the COVID list, came back, uh, had a hard time getting back. Finally, has been in the you know the the lineup and, and making some contributions, and now he's back out with another knee injury. So hopefully, this is not severe, but we will see. We'll we'll track that, of course, at the Falcoholic during the week. Um, Calvin Ridley exited uh, for like two plays uh, with the ankle. It looked like that may have been a problem, but he did come back in, did finish the game. So again, just the one injury with Marlon Davidson and a little bit concerning. Honestly, at this point, it, you know, I want to see more of the rookie, but uh, the way this season has gone for him, he may be better just to hang up the cleats for these <laughs> next three games and, and pray for a better uh, a better go of it in 2021. Um, all right, so those are the injuries for Falcons Chargers. Let's talk about what the Falcons offense did in this game. Obviously, we hinted, uh, Evan, at Matt Ryan and the game that he had. This was clearly – a arguably one of his worst games in a long time. So why don't you give us a rundown of what the Falcons did on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah. So, I mean, throughout the week, you're going to hear about Matt Ryan's terrible game and it definitely wasn't pretty. He had 21 completions on 32 attempts, 224 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, one of which ultimately led to the chargers winning um, a pass rating of 57.3. But we did have a perfect passer, and that was Russell Gage, who had one attempt. It was, went for a touchdown to Calvin Ridley, 39 yards, and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Um, he overall had a good day. I mean, five receptions, 82 yards. Glad to see Russell Gage kind of step up, because um, in the past, it seemed like it was Alameda Zacchaeus who would step up when Julio Jones didn't play, but Russell Gage definitely stepped up today. Um the running game was pretty awful, per usual. Um, Ido Smith keeps, you know, overshadowing the rest of the running backs. He had 11 carries for 42 yards, which by normal standards isn't great, but by Falcons running back standards is a pretty solid day compared to the past couple weeks. Um, Todd Gurley, six carries for 19 yards, literally a non-factor today. Um, he had two catches for 12 yards, but, you know, it is what it is with him. Uh you know, and then you had like Keith Smith had a one yard or a one carry for three yards. Brian Hill one carry for three yards. Um, in receiving, Calvin Ridley had twelve targets, top receiver. Uh, eight of them were caught for 124 yards and a touchdown. One of which was that 39 yard uh, catch by from Russell Gage where he scored. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean. I think the biggest thing that is kind of a letdown is Hayden Hurst having like in three of the last four games, he's got one or fewer catches. Um, yeah. In this game, he had three targets, one catch for seven yards. Um, not great when you consider the Falcons gave up a second round pick and considering how highly their early picks are um, you know, with AJ Terrell. I mean, if you pay attention to PFF grades, AJ Terrell is the top rated rookie or top graded uh, rookie corner by PFF mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Walker is the top rated linebacker by PFF uh, rookie linebacker. Sorry. Um, so who knows what they would have actually got with that second round pick, but it, you know, and this could be something for a larger argument later on down the road, but Hayden Hurst really not returning that value in my opinion, but that could be more of the system. I don't know, but one catch for seven yards is not good. No, it's not. And to your point, Todd Gurley continues to be just a massive disappointment. Um, and let me say this, because I think this is a, a fair point with all these guys, with Gurley, 
mm-hmm. with Hayden Hurst. It's hard to do, and, and with Matt Ryan as well, it's hard to do a proper evaluation of all of these players when they're under an offensive coordinator like Dirk Cutter. Uh, we saw you know, the difference that uh, a single season can make in changing uh, an offense around and, and how guys could go from looking like chumps to being suddenly productive. And, you know, it, that's why I, I feel like we, we, won't, we won't see Gurley here next year, so we won't know if he could have been better under a different offensive coordinator. I think he could have been. I don't know if he would have been great, but I think he could have been better than what he is right now. And I think the same is probably true of Hayden Hurst. Likewise, I think the thing that people also have to keep in mind is this offseason was so disrupted with COVID-19 uh, in the pandemic that it made it hard for the players to develop the chemistry that they normally need to. Now, uh, with Hurst, if anything, it, it seems like he's been he's gotten less productive as the year's gone on, as you, you know, as you pointed out. Um, but this this whole year, I think there's a cloud over it in the fact that you do have um, the offense, offensive coordinator that we have. You know, Dirk Cutter is is the guy that sort of looms over all of this, uh, and why I think the next coaching staff, the next GM that comes in, uh, they'll have to take a long and hard look at the individual players and try to come up with their own evaluations. Because uh, judging mm-hmm. them based on what Dirk Cutter does as a play caller, I feel isn't fair. Um, all right, as for the Chargers, defense, oh, can I can I add real quick to the offense? Yeah, please. Um, I just wanted to mention two milestones that kind of happened. Um, so going into the Chargers game, Matt Ryan, um, if he got 207 or at least 207 passing yards on Sunday, he would have sur- surpassed Peyton Manning, uh, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame one of the best ever pay Manning uh, for the most passing yards by a player in his first 13 seasons in NFL history. And Ryan had 224. So he definitely got that number. Also Calvin Ridley, who in his first um, two seasons had 821 receiving yards and then 866 receiving yards in 2019 officially is a 1000 yard receiver um, because on Sunday, yeah, on Sunday had 124 yards. Going into Sunday, he had um, 905. Do the math, over a thousand yards. So, congrats to him. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I think further validation uh, with Julio out that he can truly be a, a, a number one receiver for this team going forward. Um, the Chargers' defense uh, really not a big day. I, I thought Joey Bosa would be a bigger factor than he was. Uh, he was sort of invisible, which I think is. Uh, you know, a credit to the Falcons offensive line. They only gave up two sacks on the day, uh, one to Justin Jones, one to Uchenna Nwosu. And they, of course, did pick up the three interceptions, which I think was the bigger story for their defense. Uh, Jaleel Ade had one, Michael Davis had one, and Rayshon Jenkins had one. Uh, overall, though, I, I feel like this was more a story about what the Falcons offense did to itself necessarily than what the Chargers defense did to shut them down. Uh, they really didn't have any guys uh, on defense that jumped out uh, as far as being you know, star players that really made a big difference in the game. It, this felt more like the Falcons just failing to execute and, of course, the Matt Ryan interceptions, which uh, ultimately led to the, this loss. Um, so with that said, uh, this was one of the Falcons' worst offensive performances and yet was still a point more than what they put on the board last <laughs> week. So go again, Falcons chargers, figure that one out. Right. Um, so we're going to talk about what the Falcons defense did uh, and what the chargers offense did. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by my partner, Evan Birchfield. And we are talking about the Falcons' loss to the Chargers in week 14 of the 2020 NFL season, 20-17. to 17. Uh, This game officially put the Falcons out of the playoff race. Not that anyone in their right mind thought that they were still in the playoff, <laughs> playoff race. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, what the Falcons' defense did. And, and Evan, I wanted to start with what the Chargers' offense did because – Oh, again, you know, we're at this point where it seems like random guys show up for us uh, or show up for the other team uh, in ways that, you know, you you couldn't anticipate. Um, And or we make, uh, you know, a young quarterback look like, you know, the next big thing. And uh, Justin Haybear is still, um, or Herbert, how you want to pronounce it? <laughs> you got too much Bobby Haybear. I've got Bobby Haybear in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm having flashbacks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Herbert had uh, a good game. Why don't you tell us about what the Chargers did offensively? Well, before I talk about what the Chargers do offensively, um, remember this is a team that lost last week to the New England Patriots, zero to forty-five. So. They aren't a dominant offense by any means, but naturally they're playing the Falcons, so we'll see what happens. Um, Herbert had 36 completions for 243 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, a passer rating of 95.4. Um, he looked he looked good. Um, there at the end, he threw that interception, which I thought would lead to the Falcons winning the game, but obviously did not. So, you know, overall, I thought he looked good, though. Um you know, I think the Chargers yeah. got a good one. For a rookie, he looked composed and didn't make a ton of mistakes, like I said, until there at the end. So, uh, But anyways, uh, the Chargers' running game was pretty much Austin Eckler, who had 15 carries for 79 yards. He also doubled in the passing game as pretty much their best uh, receiver. He had nine receptions for 67 yards. Um, Kalen Balaj also added to the run game. He had seven carries for 14 yards. Uh, when you're averaging two yards per carry, that's not – you know, insanely good. So he was pretty much like a change of change, uh, change of pace back. Um, also, the receivers they had Johnson six receptions, fifty five yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, was the first score of the day. Uh, he had eleven targets, caught nine of them for fifty two yards and a touchdown. Their tight end Hunter Henry had six receptions for forty one yards, um, and that pretty much sums up the Chargers' offense. Uh, Nothing spectacular or anything, but, you know, I, I thought they I thought they looked pretty good using Austin Eckler. And, you know, there, there's been teams like that in the past who have kind of attacked the Falcons who struggle or always seem to struggle against these kind of receiving backs who can double as a receiver but also be impactful on the ground. Yeah, and Eckler uh, certainly has been incredibly productive um, since he's come into the league. If, if you've ever had him on – your fantasy team in the PPR league, you you've learned to absolutely love Austin Eckler. This guy yeah. is a, 
He is a monster in fantasy. Um, the Falcons' defense, they uh, they actually had a relatively good game. Um, Foye Luakun had a sack. Uh, he had eight tackles in the game. Uh, Ray Wilson had the one interception in the game. It was nice to see the veterans show up. A.J. Terrell led the team in tackles uh, with 13. And let me just say. That's a is ton. <laughs> it is. For a corner. For a corner. And on top of that, these aren't just uh, like the old Deion Sanders tackles where he would push some guy out of bounds. A.J. Terrell is a physical corner. He is making hard hits, tackling these guys in the open field. He has honestly been one of the best revelations of this Falcons defense this year. Um, Him and Michael Walker, who I think has uh, had a a really strong rookie season as well. Uh, But Terrell, I think, if you want to look back and and give – Thomas Dimitrov credit on this one. I think he absolutely deserves it. He nailed it with this pick so far. Terrell is easily the best rookie corner in the league, and he may be one of the top rookies of the 2020 season um, overall on the defensive side of the ball. He is just absolutely tearing it up. Uh, So great game from him. Foyer continues to make the case that the Falcons need to keep him for long term. Um, And then, you know, just across the board, I think you had a bunch of guys with a handful of tackles, but those are the guys that stood out the most. Uh, Tyler Davidson did have a couple of tackles for loss. Um, Denard had a tackle for loss, uh, as well as uh, Jacob Tuioti Mariner, uh, whose name I am finally pronouncing correctly on this podcast. Um, so with that, the this game, I feel like, again, we knew going in, Falcons and Chargers have been two of the most – mind-boggling teams this season. Both have been blowing fourth-quarter leads. Both have been losing games in dramatic, mind-numbing fashion. And the Falcons found a way to out-chargers the Chargers by falconing, uh, is the best way I can put it. (laughs) Uh, And we we have to face Tampa Bay next. Uh, That game will be at home in Atlanta. Uh, Then we go on the road to face the Chiefs, dear God. Um, That'll be fun. Yeah. And, and what, what will be interesting with the Chiefs, Evan, is will they still have something to play for? Because uh, right now, you know, Pittsburgh uh, has the the front line towards the, the number one seed. Um, will, if Pittsburgh loses, could that open up an opportunity for the Chiefs to maybe sneak in and, and you know, play for position in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, and still play their starters? Um, and then, you know, for the same question for Tampa, it, right now it looks like with Tampa, their their best path is through one of the wild card spots. Will they have something to play for uh, in the last week of the season? Assuming that Tampa does and the Chiefs do, you've got to think that of these next three games, I, I can't see a situation where the Falcons really are going to have a chance in any of the three of them. Now, that said, the Falcons have stunned us before. But looking at Tampa, they've got a great defense. You look at the Chiefs, that offense is just scary, scary, scary. Um, I, I feel like fans who are sit- looking at this and thinking 4-12 and 12 season is, is on the way, I think that is probably the right prediction. What, what's your take on that? Do you feel like these next three games spell imminent doom and, and potentially a top-five pick for Atlanta? 
It's tough right now because right now, as of recording, um, they're projected to get pick seven. Um, obviously, strength of schedule plays into the tiebreakers. Um, I know it's, you know, Carolina, I think uh, Carolina and the Falcons have the same strength of schedule uh, percentage too. So that'll be kind of interesting there towards the end. But normally I would say they'd split with Tampa, but this ain't a normal season. Um, Tampa definitely is a little different having Tom Brady, who's not making the same kind of turnovers um, that Jameis Winston did. So I, I think four and 12 is pretty accurate. Um as you mentioned, the Kansas City uh, thing, do they have something to play for? As of recording this, Pittsburgh and Buffalo is still playing. Assuming Pittsburgh wins, um, then yeah, they definitely still have something to play for. If they lose, um, I think it'll be more based on next week. But chances are Kansas City still has something to play for. Um, so they they would probably still play their starters against the Falcons. Uh, and that'll be... That'll be some. Uh, I, I don't know. It seems like one of those games where snow would be involved for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know the forecast this early, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, literally a defense that makes, you know, all kinds of quarterbacks who really aren't that great look great. Uh, it would be interesting to see Patrick Mahomes playing. And also, I would love to see, AJ, you know, AJ Terrell, as you said, you know, the best rookie corner this year playing you know he deserves some recognition even if he doesn't get it um i would love to see you know how he does against these other receivers like going against tampa i assume it'll be like mike evans he would be up against kansas city i don't know if he'd be on uh on tyreek hill but that would be interesting too um yep so yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We're out of the playoffs. Just enjoy the last couple games because <laughs> when that off season hits, it's long and it's it's boring. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> we we take we kind of take this for granted sometimes. It's still football, so just enjoy it. Yeah, uh, it's perfectly said. Um, and, and right now, with with the the world we're living in, um, I I was saying this to my son earlier. Um, and Evan, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm actually really, really stunned at how well this NFL season has gone in the middle of the pandemic. Um, there have been some bumps in the road for sure. Um, but the fact that we are in week 14 and every team that was supposed to play today played um, yeah. is, you know, honestly, I, in the middle of this crazy, crazy year, it feels like the NFL has been a nice reprieve from sort of the madness of, of everything that's going on. So just a really, really, uh, you know, positive turnaround for what could have been a disastrous go of it with the NFL. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you know, we're, we're still in the, the mix of this and things could go South quickly, but uh, I hope not, you know, even though the Falcons aren't having a, a great season, um, my, my sincere hope is that we get to a Super Bowl, we get to see a, a champion crowned, um, we get to the vaccines, we get to a normal society in 2021 again, uh, and then we can all look forward to what the Falcons do at, for, at the GM position, at head coach, and what does this team look like in 2021? And I know this is kind of crazy talk in a post-game podcast <laughs> with three <laughs> games left all. for the remaining of the season. Um, but yeah, as you and I talked, you know, we, we, we're going to have to find things to talk about. It's going to be an interesting offseason, Falcons fans. You know, we're going to talk about the, the GM, the head coach. We're going to talk about 
players, uh, the contracts are coming up, the the salary cap. There's a lot to contemplate about this team going into 2021, and a lot of hard decisions to be made. You know, you've got players like Ricardo Allen that um, you know may be potential cuts just simply due to performance versus salary, and um, you know these are things we're going to start looking at, and you know. That includes talking about Matt Ryan, who will be 36 in 2021 and, and what the team may or may not do with him, um, you know, and, and start thinking about the future. Obviously, we've seen what 40-year-old quarterbacks can do in this league, and uh, I don't think it's unreasonable for us to start talking about looking for a next quarterback. And I've got to imagine, Evan, that if the Falcons do end up in the top six, top five, that QB is going to be a potential position they draft. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for all the people who've interacted with me on Twitter and I, I will defend Matt Ryan until my last days uh, as being a great quarterback. Um, I also recognize that the franchise at some point does have to start thinking about the future. Will that happen this offseason? I don't know. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last time they actually drafted a quarterback, like in this entirety of having Matt Ryan as an Atlanta Falcon, um, <laughs> the only time they drafted a quarterback, I believe, was Sean Renfrey, who was Sean a Renfrey. seventh was a seventh round pick in 2013. They've put no commitment yeah. to any sort of building behind Matt Ryan at the quarterback position. Um, no. And now they're faced in that decision because they have an aging quarterback. Um Matt Schaub is not the future as much as we <laughs> joke. Um, Kurt Banker, I love him, but you know they have he he has no game experience because they, he hasn't had to play. I mean, he's been active, I think, for only one game this season. Um, but even then, there was no preseason. And then when he did look good in preseason, you know, he got hurt. So there's a lot of uncertainty at that quarterback position. If you have a top five pick and you're able to get you know a quarterback that you want, but also at the same time. We don't have a head coach. We don't have a GM. We don't know what they're thinking. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be plenty to talk about once these next couple games are over with. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we will be back on the post-game podcast for the next three games. Uh, come hell or high water. <laughs> we'll be <laughs> recapping the stats, what happened in the game, injuries, so on and so forth. Um, Evan, why don't you tell our listeners what you've got going on and where our listeners can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. You can also find me on the Um, I do a bunch of different little stuff, usually doing the injury report. So if you follow the injury report, you probably weren't shocked to see Caleb McGarry miss the game and Julio Jones and uh, James Carpenter and stuff like that. So yeah, check that out. We got talented writers doing all kinds of content. I know uh, Eric Robinson's already kind of started on draft season. So if you're into draft, stuff heavily um it's not too early they're already on there um and yeah just appreciate y'all listening and like me and dw were saying um there was a point you know before the season started we weren't even sure there was going to be a season so this kind of thing it's like i can't get too mad because even though the falcons are four and nine it's football and it would have been better than no football um and we have a future to look forward to so there's silver linings mixed in there but uh thanks for listening um and just uh we'll talk to you next week (laughs) yep Uh, as for me guys you can find me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and as evan mentioned our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com 
So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.